0: We the ladies, in order to form a more perfect union, basically want to figure out what the FDR is going on. Presenting Let's Get Civical, hosted by me, Lizzie Stewart, and me, Arden Walentowski, a podcast where we break down politics and government structure. But in a super fun way. Every week, we will unpack how our country works or doesn't work. Looking at things like the First Amendment. What does that actually mean? Or the history of political parties. How in Lincoln's name did we get here? Or impeachment. How hasn't it happened yet? With incredible guests and lots of surprises. It's like being in your American government class with your best friends. Join us on January 30th with our first four. Yes, four, as in four score and seven years ago, new episodes. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical for all the exciting updates leading up to the big day. So mark your calendars. And let's get civical.
1: Welcome to My Vagina. This is Jesse Karen. And
2: this is Rebecca Frank. And here we are again having our current historical, hysterical, and infuriating conversation about our lives as vagina-having organisms.
1: All content made up on the spot, but probably researched. (laughs) And just kidding, fools. It's definitely researched. Hey guys uh, we have a super great episode for you, um, but somebody fucked up the audio. It was me. Um, <laughs> the volume was turned up a little too loud on the mic, so you might hear some static here and there. But the episode's amazing, so listen anyway, okay okay, thanks we're gonna we're gonna start reading reviews because we're gonna get you assholes to leave us more reviews. yeah, maybe we should be nicer about it because I feel like <laughs> us uh. Yelling at you isn't working, apparently, but that's what we do.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We need a new approach.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We've tried desperation. We've tried anger.
2: Please leave us a review.
1: Pretty please. please. So,
2: we just got a review from Civis2223. They said, love the variety of topics that Jesse and Rebecca cover. Delivered with smarts, sass, and guest experts. A great way to learn about big topics in the news today. Thanks. Thanks. So, we thought that we would open this up with a a light little conversation that we call
1: Everything is Shit.
0: (laughs) Everything is shit. Everything is shit. So this
1: week, an article came out. Apparently, Nello is no longer allowing women to sit at the bar alone just in case they were a call girl. The owner of Nello ordered a crackdown on hookers, and assumed management believed upscale escorts working in the bar lowered the tone of the place and would be less obvious if escorted behind a table. So that means... escorted.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That means that
1: basically all women, women alone at a bar, equal escort. So this woman, uh, Stephanie Maida, I might be pronouncing that wrong, she wrote this article the night she got mistaken for a call girl because she went into her her place that she normally goes into to eat dinner by herself and the waiter, like, knows her and felt sheepish about asking her to go sit down at a table. And she did it the first time, but the second time she went in there, she noticed that a dude was sitting there by himself and nobody was bothering him. It's fucking
2: crazy. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. It's so, it's so insane. It, and where is it? Like, on the Upper West Side or Upper East Side or something like that? Yeah. It's, like, some
1: super expensive restaurant. Oh, it's restaurant. super bougie. Apparently, like, Beyonce and Sarah Jessica Parker go there. Yeah, it's, like, all the restaurant time. to the stars. Um, he also doubled down on it. She asked the owner about it and he told her that he could run his business as he pleased and that she was no longer welcome to eat at the bar, only at a table.
2: I go to bars and restaurants by myself and sit alone at the bar somewhat frequently. And I've never been, I've never been trying to sell sex there not that i have a problem with that but like i prefer the bar to a me table. too if someone was like sorry you have to eat at the at a table i'd be like cool i'm gonna go somewhere else then I'll because say- i don't want to sit
1: at a table by myself oh <laughs> man i hope this hurts his business but i doubt it because it's like super well known but that's crazy well
2: yeah but if like beyonce or sarah jessica parker is like i'm no longer going here because of this then hint. he'd be fucked yeah do it hint, hint. beyonce i know you listen beyonce <laughs> Um, in other news, more more great news. <laughs> yeah. So back uh, on August 13th of 2017, uh, there were four volunteers who were members of a faith-based humanitarian aid group called No More Deaths caught in by a federal wildlife officer leaving water jugs, beans, and other supplies for migrants in Cabeza Prieta National Wildlife Refuge. It shares a 50-mile border with Mexico. The organization No More Deaths claimed that Since 2001, about 155 migrants have died in this particular refuge. And so as a result, the organization has been leaving basic supplies in order to try and save lives. Well, this past Friday, the four aid workers were convicted on charges connected to these efforts. So this judge, United States Magistrate Bernardo P. Velasco, Velasco, ruled that three of the volunteers, Una Holcomb, Madeline Hughes, and Zakila Orozco-McCormick, were convicted were convicted of entering a national wildlife refuge without a permit and abandoning personal property or possessions. The fourth volunteer, Natalie Hoffman, was convicted on those charges and also on an additional charge of operating a motor vehicle in a wilderness area. They each face up to six months in prison for going into a refuge to save people. So the verdict said that their actions, quote, erode the national decision to maintain the refuge in its pristine nature. Oh,
1: give me a fucking break. You're just looking for reasons. Fuck you. Exactly. So uh,
2: the No More Deaths responded by saying that the decision is part of a larger crisis of conscience and that these four volunteers were driven by moral principles and that basically like. If giving water to someone dying of thirst is illegal, then what humanity is there left? Because these laws exist because someone created them and continues to enforce them.
1: Yeah. You know, so like What does that mean about our justice system, that driving on to like a refuge? Yeah. not Not to like take things, not to mess anything up, but... Not to hurt animals, to no, save nothing. people.
2: Yeah. Like we discussed when we talked to Kaisi, borders are, are just created. They yeah. weren't always there. And so because these people come from south of the border they are deemed less worthy than people who are from the United States or really white people and so their their safety and lives are not worth mm-hmm. saving yeah um but We just want to give a shout out to those four volunteers out doing that awesome work and to the organization that's been doing it and say, fuck you, Bernardo P. Valesco. Yeah. For that ruling and fuck you, the law.
1: Yeah. I'm sorry, girls. Yeah. Amazing.
2: Anyway, so that's our edition of
1: Everything is Stupid. Of Everything Sucks. (laughs) Masturbation, go. Right now? <laughs> We're talking about masturbation today. What is masturbation, Rebecca? I don't know, Jesse. What is it? <laughs> Thanks for coming with me on that. Yeah, I'm there. Coming with me. Yeah. What? Oh, it's gonna be a lot of those today. Yeah, there are. <laughs> is this sexual stimulation of one's own genitals for sexual arousal or sexual pleasure pleasure. <laughs> uh usually to the point of orgasm. Hopefully to the point of orgasm. You can use your hands, your fingers sex toys mm-hmm. vibrators mm-hmm. Um, the medical consensus just to start off is that masturbation is medically and psychologically a normal habit in fact the global advisory board for sexual health and well-being has argued that
2: sexual pleasure is a human right for both men and women Oh, oh. put that in your pipe and
1: smoke it yeah put it in your pipe and smoke it <laughs> the merck manual of diagnosis and therapy uh said it is considered abnormal only when it inhibits partner oriented behavior but oh. what if sex with your partner isn't good fair yeah we'll get into that yeah um is done in public or is sufficiently compulsive to cause distress like i don't yeah. know i guess like, like a- calluses on your penis oh yeah Ew. oh yeah God.
2: <laughs> <laughs> i know now i keep thinking about it anyway <clears throat> we wanted to talk about this because recently at the consumer electronics showcase Um, a vibrator called Osei was stripped of its innovation award and banned from exhibiting at the CES because it didn't fit into an existing product category. Mm. So they had awarded Osei this award um, and then decide, once they realized that it was a vibrator, they were like, yoink, and they took it away. So at the CES now, there are other gadgets that are intended for people with female reproductive organs like breast pumps and fertility trackers, skincare electronics, breast massagers, um which is a relatively new development in the past pretty much wasn't anything geared towards women unless they were already kind of like tried and true mm-hmm. electronics but they were just pink um so this vibrator was created in collaboration with Oregon State University's robotics department and was initially given an innovation award in the robotics category
1: until it was and discovered drones, right what robotics and drones Oh, really? I didn't realize Mm -hmm. it was in the drones part. It was robotics and drones intriguing. Yeah. (laughs) Which I was super curious about and I didn't delve into,
2: but... (laughs) I think a lot differently about drones now. (laughs) (laughs) But then it was discovered that that this robotic was only in existence for women's pleasure. Right. And it was deemed immoral and profane. Mm
1: -hmm. (sighs) But it looks like a penis. I don't know what the fuck they thought it was. But also, like, putting aside the implication that women's sexual wellness products are, like somehow gross <laughs> mm-hmm. or obscene if they didn't fit with their policy how did their application even get past the first round yeah that's a really good point point. and they received high marks across the board from all the expert judges yeah oh and and <laughs> it's also important to note that a literal sex doll for men launched on the floor at ces in 2018 at a vr porn company exhibits
2: wow there every year so they have so they have a VR porn exhibit. Yep, but you can't have a vibrator. Mm-hmm.
1: Men are watching the pornography in public as consumers walk by them. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So you can't like pretend to be unbiased if you're allowing like a sex robot, but not. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So the CEO of
2: Laura De Carlo, which is the or- the group that sells Osei, um her name's Laura Haddock, and she said afterwards. By excluding female focused sex tech, CES and-, and CTA are essentially saying that women's sexuality and sexual health is not worthy of innovation.
0: I'm so sorry.
1: What happened? You said, oh, say, and in my head, I went, can you see? <laughs> <immediately>. <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: I can't see because they were kicked out of the thing. It's, it's ridiculous. It's
1: really crazy. It was designed by fucking. Engineers and shit. Amazing engineers and scientists. It's... uh. So I had read this article in Wired, which
2: will be in the notes, um, and sex therapists and researchers have said that the the gap, like the orgasm gap, which is that 87% of heterosexual men report reaching orgasm during intercourse, whereas only 49% of women say that they do. Mm -hmm. So this orgasm gap doesn't only advance patriarchal norms that says that women's bodies are just for... Are in existence solely for the pleasure of men, but that there is a taboo um, against female sexual pleasure just in general, which then leads to its own health problems. Mm-hmm. For example, an inability to experience sexual pleasure can contribute to depression, anxiety, poor self esteem, or sexual coercion, or the misconception that pain during sex is normal. And a lot of doctors, you know, turn women away when they, they basically just say, like, whatever, have a glass of wine, it's fine yeah it's not fine if you're having pain during sex regularly you should go to the doctor and if your doctor says you're fine you should find another doctor please find another doctor a different doctor
1: and also laura de carlo said you never know how technology can be used the future of healthcare might well be in the patent for a sex toy which is true the
2: shape of the clitoris wasn't mapped until 1998
1: yeah it doesn't fucking surprise me at fucking all 1998.
2: did you Mm -hmm. know that it's illegal to sell sex toys in alabama (gasps) i did not do you know That the top three sex toy states are South Dakota,
1: Idaho, and West Virginia. Oh my god, weird. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The vibrator was born because... (laughs) I love this so much. Let me go back a minute. This is like
2: (laughs) one of my favorite
1: things ever. In Victorian times, when everyone was repressed and masturbating was sinful, doctors would actually administer pelvic massages to women to relieve their quote-unquote hysteria, which they called, uh, I might say this wrong, Paxism? Oh, I don't know. But we'll put that in the notes. I'm not yeah. sure if th- I'm saying that right. Because doctors and everyone knew women weren't capable of orgasms, so they called it something else. Right? There
2: was actually a doctor, Dr. Rus- Russell Troll, who estimated that as much as 75% of women suffered from female hysteria. Which to me means, like, that's a lot of fingering that doctors oh, had to do. <laughs> my God. Great 75- segue,
1: Rebecca. <laughs> Great segue. Because <laughs> that's how the vibrator was born. because doctors and you know there were no female doctors back mm-hmm. in victorian's not a one found this maneuver yeah tedious and time-consuming so they invented something to do the job for them they got carpal tunnel
2: <laughs> from fingering ladies <laughs> there's this book called the technology of orgasm by dr rachel mains that talks all about the use of pelvic massage and
1: shit like that i also want to mention And I don't want to get too into this because I feel like this is its own episode. But hysteria, the Greek root is uterus. It's it's made up (laughs) just for us. Yeah. Hysteria was just like for women. Like they diagnosed anything from insomnia to nervousness to muscle spasms to shortness of breath. So doctors would masturbate their female patients to relieve them of those things. Yeah.
2: Oh my God. Did you read about the two different styles of vibrators? Because this is so funny. Okay, so there were two different styles of vibrators that were invented by men in the mid to late 1800s. There was an electromechanical vibrator by Dr. Joseph Mortimer Mortimer Granville and a steam-powered vibrator called, quote, the manipulator, end quote, (laughs) by Dr. George Taylor in the U.S. And I kind of feel like leave it to us to invent the biggest vibrator ever (laughs) because according to... So, it's so American good. it's so good it gets better according to Dr. Mainz the patient interface portion of the machine was the size of a dining room table and had a cutout area for a vibrating sphere what? the steam engine of the vibrator that powered the entire thing had to be located in a separate room
1: that is amazing
2: doctors didn't like it though because they couldn't take it on house calls but also they didn't like having to shovel coal into it <laughs> They actually put this in people's vaginas? Yeah. How like big was the, it? I don't know. I didn't see a picture of it. I think the but actual they shoveled like coal in it, like a fucking old. So they had locomotive. to shovel coal. Yeah, there was like one version of it, I think, called the Chattanooga. So there was there was like a the steam powered thing was so big that it had to be in a separate room, and they would shovel shovel coal into that. But then the actual vibrator portion was was like in a separate room from
1: the thing that powered it. So it was like having a caboose and then like the dining car. Uh-huh. <laughs> Put that baby on <laughs> wheels and then just like have her like just masturbate to like the next state on the go. It's How juice much, box masturbation, right? <laughs> Maybe female orgasm and
2: masturbation could actually be the next uh, reusable energy source.
1: Oh my god, you're a genius! Solar energy, fuck people on water bikes. energy, right? It's just masturbate energy into the world. We're gonna oh my patent god, we just this shit. Solve like all Everything. The problems. Yeah, everything. It's crazy. We're geniuses. Yeah, we are. We've apparently always had dildos, which makes sense. I guess everyone could, like, you know, take a rock that looks like a penis or. Yeah, we all know. know what a dick looks like. Anyway, scientists discovered a twenty-eight thousand year old, uh, dildo in German, in the German region of Swabia. I guess the first commercial vibrator came out before electricity in seventeen thirty-four. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, it resembled an egg beater.
2: Hopefully, a little bit less powerful.
1: Oh. <laughs> my God. Oh, yeah. I'm
2: sorry. Oh! I was just thinking about an egg beater. The portable handheld battery-powered vibrator was invented in 1899 and was the fifth electrical appliance to be introduced into the home. It joined the ranks of the tea kettle, the sewing machine, the fan, and the toaster. Oh. Yeah. Oh, It was like a normal thing because at that time it was still considered part of relieving hysteria. So women rather than going to a doctor's appointment for 2 to 3 dollars each time they went, could you imagine, to get you know to get off, they could just get off at home. It's like that old saying, give a man a fish and he could eat for like dinner <laughs> once, teach a man to fish and he can eat forever, <laughs> you know, buy a fucking vibrator. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> the first few decades, but so when it was when it was really popular to have them at home before the Great Depression and World War II, vibrators were advertised in magazines like Needlecraft and Women's Home Companion. Mm. But when they par- started to appear in pornographic films in the 20s, that's when they became that's when it became clear that they were for pleasure and not for the release relief of some sort of medical condition and that's when they stopped being advertised and they still aren't advertised even though we can see advertisements for
1: viagra right um but yeah that's when that shift happened and that was my segue into it being uh if i say segue one more time slap me in the face okay (laughs) you should say sex way next time good sex (laughs) way People have been masturbating since the dawn of time. Like, yeah. Duh. You got a hole, put a finger in it. So ancient Sumerians actually believed that masturbation enhanced sexual potency for men and women and frequently engaged with it alone and with their sexual partners. And then in ancient Egypt, the god Atum was believed to have created the universe by masturbating to ejaculation. Isn't that some co-opting shit? Because women have given life. Right? <laughs> give life so you have to one-up us. Yeah. <laughs> and you, some give- god wanted to like wank one out and poof, there's the universe. <laughs> Fuck you. We made that shit. That is the definition of like male hubris to Yeah, me. <laughs> seriously. But I guess the pharaohs perform that ceremonial duty every year.
2: So the pharaohs all just got to jerk off to commemorate the beginning of the universe? Into
1: the Nile. They masturbated annually into the Nile. So you're saying that for the, better Nile, crops. the Nile
2: is made entirely of ancient semen. Oh my God. You're right. That's what you're telling me.
1: We're learning Oh my so God! Much don't, don't tell every People are going to be walking in there to like get pregnant or avoiding <laughs> it to not get pregnant.
2: Leave your turkey basters at home, ladies. I got the Pharaoh's baby in me. Immaculate conception. That's how it right started. Back. Oh my God. All of all of the universe's big questions answered for <laughs> are you in here. masturbation. Yeah, all of them.
1: So this is something, there's two things that I wanted to bring up that are related to our other episode, um, Things Not to Put in Your Vagina. Oh, great. I love that episode. So Cleopatra, there's some specula- speculation that she would fill a gourd with bees and then let them do their thing. And not to skip ahead. No, skip ahead
2: because I want to know more.
1: To uh, Alfred Kinsey, he's the famous sex researcher, but he actually spent more than half of his professional life as a zoologist studying. Get this: bees? Nope. Oh. Gall wasps.
2: Oh my god, we talked about those. Yeah. Ew, is
1: that guy on Etsy actually just Alfred Kinsey in disguise?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I
1: thought. That oh, was- how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> anyway, so most of the re- references in Egypt Egyptian history are to male masturbation go figure because most historical accounts are written by men and yeah Mm -hmm. color me fucking surprised Mm -hmm. it's not a good color on you thank you (laughs) yeah so in judaism society forbid male masturbation based on a passage in the torah i did not know that in genesis 38 god commands onan uh to marry his dead brother's widow and raise up seed to thy brother um the the scripture says that instead onan wasted his seed on the ground to avoid contributing offspring to his brother the twist is that the modern bible experts aren't sure if he he was struck dead for making a baby with his dead brother's wife or for masturbating and some think he didn't even masturbate at all but spilled his seed when he he pulled out totally masturbated (laughs) well or that's where the pull out method came from maybe wow (laughs) onan so many avoided pregnancies all thanks to you And so they think that that might have been why he was punished in a lot of religions. Like, for instance, the Babylonian thought that, like, wasting seed was a uh, potential destruction of life.
2: Man, there's so much destructive life all over my stomach all the
1: time. <laughs> <laughs> the ancient Greeks also thought male masturbation was a natural remedy to frustration when women weren't available. Yeah. Which did not extend to women. Oh, well. <laughs> um, because we were too modest and unable to attain sexual pleasure. Without the introduction of semen into our bodies. Wow. Mm-hmm.
2: So it's the semen that does it's it. It's the semen that does it.
1: I see. Yeah, because without the semen, Men. we can't get sexual pleasure, apparently.
2: Right, because they just swim and they press this button.
1: <laughs> and then we're like, yes. There it is. There oh it is. My God. I just need to do swimmers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Greek women were fond of taking spa days behind closed doors where they indulged in a lispos which oh. was left untranslated by most historians.
2: Of course it
1: was. Because it meant more or less a penis-shaped
2: dildo. That's <laughs> fucking incredible. That's incredible. They're like, mm, we're gonna try and figure out every other word but this one. <laughs> the most
1: important word in the entire sentence. Like every new generation has to figure out what the fuck a means. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. God. The girl had an elispos <laughs> and made a very weird face. <laughs> And then there was Tantra, right? Which was actually focused on men refraining from ejaculation in order to better provide an experience for women during lovemaking. But somebody suggested that might be where the stigma kind of came from. Like in a study of the Indian sexual culture, a Swiss historian said Johan, "Johann Jacob Meyer writes that even voluntary nocturnal emissions, so wet dreams had to be atoned for. But I'm not sure why.
0: God
1: yeah
2: well probably because it's like this is I swear we're like talking about the seeds of the fucking right to life movement right now
1: you know (laughs) yeah I mean this is where all of this shit comes from it still persists in like yogic circles where sperm loss is thought to be spiritually draining where are you supposed to keep it all so many questions in an internal storage locker Rebecca. <laughs> obviously it's just like little cabinet in your body it's full like a of like little second stomach sperm like what cows have yeah your regular stomach and your sperm stomach yeah okay sex ed right here right <laughs> it, the same thing kind of happened in the the han dynasty tantra was it was incorporated in taoism um and they also frowned upon masturbation because ejaculation outside of a woman's body was a loss of vital essence
2: god We're not rodents. So, like,
1: the gestational period
2: is really long, especially back then. It's not like there were so many women that all of the dudes could just go off leaving their sperm inside people.
1: You know? Like, we can't have that many babies. (laughs) Right. For fuck's sake. Science, people. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Moving through history, the Christian church was more focused on shaming fornication. In 1644, one anonymous medical tract encouraged it calling it a good defense against the temptation of women. Okay. It's a solid substitution for sex. Yeah. So a lot of people teaching abstinence-only education should probably be a little bit more on masturbation.
2: Yeah, totally. The more you orgasm, the better you get at orgasming. Mm -hmm. So if you, men and women, if you can masturbate to completion, your sexual experience will... Most likely be better.
1: So the Sexuality Information and Education Council of the United States has guidelines that sexuality education includes masturbation as a key topic, but in, re- in reality, is as we all have obviously witnessed, is omitted. Even in the context of ab- abstinence-only education, um, which is cr- – that is so crazy to me because – teach them to masturbate and maybe you'll get some better numbers on who doesn't have sex. <laughs> right? I don't know. Like, abstinence only bothers me just because the way they teach. Like, you have all these sexual urges, but don't act on them because they're dangerous. Masturbation is, like, not yeah.
2: dangerous. I know. It's the whole thing is just it's just backwards. Yeah. And and the numbers show it, that abstinence only. And, and looking at at family planning, like, mm. the less knowledge people have about how to have safe, safe sex, and that sex isn't shameful yeah. the less unplanned pregnancies there are and the more people i think maybe wait a little bit longer because they're demystified about it yeah. and at least when they go and have sex they're doing it with knowledge and okay. using proper
1: protection mm-hmm. it just seems like such a waste of life to me that we can't enjoy a part of our body that was that we have <laughs> yeah for enjoyment yeah That we were given. Yeah. You know, if you want to talk about religion, fine. We were given this thing. By that guy who ejaculated all over the sky. Exactly. (laughs) Thank you, (laughs) Atum. In the 18th century, uh, people were warned that if they masturbated, their hands would get covered in warts and hair. Wow.
2: (laughs) My hands are already covered in hair. Oh, no. I don't have hair. I used to.
1: Were you masturbating?
2: Yeah, I guess I was.
1: Did you stop (laughs) masturbating and that's why you're hairless? My hair is gone. Oh, that's that. There's the antidote. Yeah. You can masturbate and then like hide yourself for a few days and not masturbate and the hair will go away.
2: Yeah. If only that worked for my legs.
1: <laughs> People were also told that masturbation caused blindness, acne and infertility. The infertility one I remember hearing a lot. In really? Yeah, absolutely. And if you get off, you'll be infertile. Yeah. Wow. Especially like around the Catholic side right. of things that makes sense uh i didn't go to catholic school but in ccd i remember yeah hearing that for yeah, sure yeah
2: that makes sense because our only value is creating children and when that's instilled instilled in you and then not being able to have kids is the worst possible thing that could ever happen so right. of course you wouldn't masturbate right. if you mm-hmm. were afraid that it would mean that you couldn't have value
1: right um also doctors observed patients in mental hospitals um masturbating and concluded that masturbation was the source of the patient's mental disorders but they were just doing what we all do just in front of people because they were being experiment like they were experimentations so women
2: masturbating Mm
1: -hmm. on their own is
2: a sign of mental disorder Mm -hmm. but masturbation was a technique to relieve women of hysteria Mm -hmm. also a mental disorder Mm -hmm. I'm sorry do
1: you smell hypocrisy? I don't don't smell that Fired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, during the Enlightenment, masturbation became a grave concern. Literally, for some German philosopher, Immanuel Kant, <laughs> Kant, Immanuel Kant considered
2: it worse than suicide. Masturbation. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Cause... He doesn't deserve to be called Kant, right? We're right. taking it back. It's yeah, actually, it's Kant.
1: Fear of masturbation grew to hysterical proportions in Victorian England because men were, men were wearing chastity belts or even spiked rings on their penises, which I will definitely send you because that thing is terrifying. Wow. The we're s- putting that up on Instagram The for spikes sure. are faced inward. Onto their dicks? Yeah. And it's wow. to ward off temptation. They impaled
2: their own penises? I
1: guess so. I don't know.
2: Because like if you're wearing that and then you get hard, that'll oh, ruin an erection real fast. <laughs> Deflate that shit wow yeah. i thought it was like cats you know how males have barbed penises so it was like about punishing women but no but they were like all into that shit in victorian england right like self-flagellation <laughs> Fla- <Flatulation? laughs> not, not flagellation flagellation anyway yeah they would like hit beat themselves with. yeah th- mm-hmm. i got distracted by the flagellation
1: <laughs> by the flagellation <laughs> and then they faulted themselves <laughs> Don't masturbate. Fart yourself. (laughs) Go fart yourself. In the 19th century, Japan's best known contributions were the Benoit balls.
2: Ow. Did you just Benoit ball yourself? If your orgasm sounds like this, go see a doctor.
0: Oh
1: my God. Benoit balls were invented by a courtesan. um, And when placed inside the vagina, they would provoke an orgasm. Are they like those balls that people
2: would put in and like walk up and down the stairs with? Yeah, they're like little marble-sized balls. Oh, yeah, Yeah. those are still around. Yeah. But Um, just don't get any that have any sort of like porous, that are made from any porous materials like the jade egg, because that's really bad for you. It's bad for you. Please listen to our episode about what not to put in your vagina. Yes.
1: Anyway, carry on. Yeah, and then the only other thing that I really have is Kinsey. Uh, I mentioned earlier. Our Etsy salesman. Yeah, our Etsy salesman. (laughs) After he was done studying gall wasps, a job fell to him at the University Association of Women's Students. Wow, how appropriate. Because they had made a petition for a course for married students or those contemplating marriage. And what he found was that everyone had so many questions about sex that they had no idea how to answer. And he realized that we had more scientific information on the behavior of small insects than we did on the sexual behavior of humans. Or gall wasps. Or gall wasps, yeah. (laughs) And nothing has
2: changed because let's repeat once again that the clitoris wasn't mapped until 1998.
1: Yeah, remember that in the 1940s, the average person had to depend on his or her own experience or what they heard from others for their sexual knowledge, and doctors themselves had been restrained in their in investigations because of their sen- because of the sensitive nature. Because it was all considered taboo,
2: right? Because vibrators were sold as personal massagers. Yes, yeah. exactly. And everybody knew what was happening, but no one wanted to admit what was happening because that meant that they would have had to like face the idea of women's sexuality right just in general Mm -hmm. which we still haven't done and it's 2019 exactly
1: a few findings from his research was that the vaginal walls have very few nerve endings um female what that's not right that's not right you're wrong Oh, oh no, I see what he's saying. Uh, female masturbation focuses on the clitoris, labia minora, and labia majora oh, okay. more than actual penetration. Okay. Which, yes. Yes. Women oh, so say comparatively. Comparatively. I see. So okay. there are nerve endings in your obviously, yeah. but there are way more on right. your on the outside actually. Right, right. right. Which is true because yeah. most women come clitorally more mm-hmm. often than they do vaginally. Right. Um, the common view was that women are slower than men in terms of sexual response and time needed to elapse before orgasm, but the evidence was that in masturbation, women reported an average time to achieve orgasm of three to four minutes, which is not much longer than men.
2: Yeah. So it's just that you're not doing it right.
1: Yeah. You're not
2: doing it right. Exactly.
1: Say masturbation in pop culture? Pop culture in masturbation. Um, I was reading an article on health where they were talking about how a lot of on-screen actresses are shaking off some of that like cultural baggage that we have Mm -hmm. um, and attempting to kind of claim it and make it a little bit more luxurious like Alana Glazer who will like pop a bottle of champagne and listen to some slow jams Mm -hmm. or they called it a menage moi. That's fantastic it's kind of just getting to the point where these depictions of women masturbating are relatively, they're, they're new. Yeah, they're super new. And especially in a way that's di- not directed at the male gaze or worse, as Anne Friedman wrote in her article that masturbation being the last sex taboo for women um, that popular portrayals are normally like, it's something bad girls do and mm-hmm. not something every girl does. Yeah. And this
2: idea that, that we don't own our own sexual pleasure and our sexuality belongs to men. And so our us being sexual is not our own purview it's right. the purview of men and so if women aren't masturbating to get men off mm-hmm. then what's the point it's just so funny because it is
1: it's so gendered because we all know we all like just assume that 13 year old boys masturbate and we shrug it off and their penis is external right so like they probably were playing with that thing in the womb but like at like 12 13 they're just like walking by everything and getting yeah stimulated by it and ours is a little bit more complicated because it's an internal and we're not taught to like touch it i mean i can't tell you how many times i've been in a room with a group of guys who start talking about the first time that they masturbated into something here's a tip spoiler alert 90 percent are couches mm-hmm. like every guy i know is like the first time i masturbated I into something else i fucked a couch Though one of my exes mm-hmm. said that he wrapped it up with saran wrap first i think he's a gentleman wow he didn't want to get that couch pregnant <laughs> <laughs> that couch did not consent
2: <laughs> should not consent. I just, just as an aside, I just found an article in Vice called I Was a Teenage Fruit Fucker. I just Googled, did dudes jack off into watermelons oh and got a lot God. of different in- fun with fruit guy who fucks the snot out of a melon. <laughs> <laughs> like, in
1: 1994, the U.S. Surgeon General Jocelyn Elders recommended including masturbation as a topic in public sex education. And she was heavily criticized and then ultimately had to, was forced to resign from her post because of the fallout.
2: Wow. She was resigned for, she resigned for suggesting that mm-hmm. masturbation be, be included. Yeah.
1: That's. Yeah. Because she Actually, suggested that it was totally normal to do. Wow. And so the idea of denying education about it is not really denying thirteen year old boys have how to masturbate, it's denying thirteen year old girls on how to be familiar with their bodies because we're too afraid of that. Yeah. It's one of the safest forms of sex because you're doing it with yourself. Right. So if we're so squeamish about adolescents putting themselves at risk of doing it, here's an option. Yeah, because
2: you're not gonna get anyone pregnant, you're not gonna get any like or get pregnant, you're not gonna get STDs. I mean obviously though wash your hands because you're doing it yourself you can figure out better what feels good to you what doesn't feel good to you positions that work all of this kind of stuff yeah. that can help you going forward when you have a relationship with somebody else or is just
1: fun for you yeah but like and it's okay that it, you can just do it yeah for, you can just do it because you want to go to sleep yeah it Puts me to sleep totally <laughs> But I mean, in our society, I think like thinking about a 17 or 18 year old masturbating is. I mean, it's not as gross, but for some reason we think about 14 year olds putting lumping like masturbation, a sexual act and like adolescence. Right. When you think about 14 year olds, I think most people are like, oh, gross. Um, Except for when you think about boys, like we were talking about earlier. And I think it's less about adolescence. I think it's more about women being sexual beings.
2: Yeah. And the fact that like kids masturbate, you're not having sex with them let them get themselves off the thing is that we always view sex in general through the lens of pleasure Mm -hmm. of other people Mm -hmm. and that it's a pleasure that has to be had with somebody else or seen by somebody else otherwise it's not valid yeah and so if you only think about sex and masturbation in terms of like your own pleasure Mm -hmm. thinking about like watching porn and stuff like that, then of course it seems horrible, but it's not always about you. No. You know, everyone has their own sexuality and can pleasure themselves how they see fit and as long as they're not hurting anybody else. But, like, it's not about you. So, yeah. like, if a 14-year-old wants to get herself off, good for fucking
1: her. Yeah, yeah. Do you. And, like, it's so empowering. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's so empowering, too, like, as a woman to, like, get to, like, know your own body and Mm -hmm. like masturbation with a partner you can do it with a partner you can do it by yourself like yeah it's also it's great to do both like in in terms of like doing it by yourself then I think you said this earlier but it's a great way to figure out what you want how you like to be touched like
2: Mm -hmm. what
1: pressure how fast how slow and you can you can show that to your partner Mm -hmm. and have better sex I think that's a big reason why there's a this idea in our society that it takes a lot longer for women to get off right that's not necessarily true it's just that we don't know how to communicate what we want exactly because we haven't been given
2: the tools to do that right right and it's considered shameful for women to engage in sex talk openly about sex Mm -hmm. take pleasure from sex and so of course people don't feel safe or comfortable communicating those things yeah
1: and there's also like a myth that solo sex will make it harder for you to climax during intercourse but Holly Richmond, who's a Ph.D. and somatic psychologist and certified sex therapist, said the more you masturbate, the more sex you actually, sex you might actually want to have. Yeah. Which is not helpful in abstinence only case. But whatever. <laughs> well, whatever.
2: Abstinence only my
1: ass. Well, it's almost Valentine's
2: Day and apparently Babeland reported a 50% increase in sales in February.
1: Oh. Because of Valentine's Day. Whoa. Yeah. That's great. So people are doing it together.
2: Yeah. Apparently, it's like, it's actually super common and has been becoming more common for couples to go buy sex toys together. Yes. Which is great. I love that. Yeah, me too. And just to connect, again, masturbation and general health, studies have shown that women who use sex toys also tend to be more consistent with getting pelvic exams and caring about their own vaginal health because it, it creates a connection.
1: Yeah. So... There's also a study from the Archives uh, of the Pediatrics and Adolescence Medicine that found that about 43% of 14-year-old female teens have masturbated. And that number goes up to 60% by age 17. And why I bring that up is that it points out that among women, masturbation in childhood and adolescence has been associated with positive sexual experience later in life and a healthier self-image. Which, Mm -hmm. if we take anything from that, the second part of that is so important is like our self-image is so wrapped up in the fact that we're ashamed of our bodies right and those with negative or indifferent views about masturbation reported uh, generally a first negative sexual experience in comparison with those who held positive views about masturbation which like yeah that makes so much sense yeah i feel like if we like had more acceptance over our bodies as when we were younger mm-hmm. fuck, we'd take over the world
2: Yeah, that's why they don't let us have it. Because we would take over the world. I mean, Mm -hmm. look at what's happening in this presidential election coming up. We already have, as far as I know, three women. That's awesome.
1: I I know. I'm really excited. We're taking over the world. I know. I'm really excited. At the end of the day, there's no wrong way to do it. Just like see what feels good. Yeah. Just don't be grossed out by it. It's not gross. It's not gross. I I know our society tells us it's gross, but it's not. It's not gross.
2: And if you fancy most expensive sex toy in the world is a white gold vibrator with 117 embedded diamonds worth $55,000. Oh my god.
1: Hell yeah. That's an expensive orgasm. (laughs) Just don't masturbate outside because it's illegal. (laughs) In public. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It
2: is illegal. Yeah.
1: Which I get because I've had dudes like masturbate in front of me and that's a whole different story. But one Cincinnati woman was pulled over for masturbating while on the road and was charged with a misdemeanor of driving under impaired alertness. And I mean... (laughs) That's just dangerous. Yeah,
2: super <laughs> dangerous. I'm afraid to sneeze while I'm driving. I'm That's certainly afraid of orgasming. Oh my god. Oh, this is just cool. Yeah, I love yeah. Oprah. I love Oprah so much. In 2006, Oprah dubbed the Rabbit Habit as the Rolls Royce of sex toys in the Oprah Magazine. Oh my god. Oprah. Mag- Oprah is just like, oh, I just love her.
1: She's the best. She is the best. There's this really cool app, because apparently, like, according to Vanessa Marin, a sex therapist, that like, most she uh, the most people come to her they're just too embarrassed and they don't know how to Mm -hmm. but there's this really cool app called happy playtime and it provides anatomy lessons and techniques so that you can like figure out how to that's awesome yourself an orgasm wow yeah so download that app. yeah the designer is tina gong so download that app if you are too embarrassed or you don't know how
2: or you want new pointers or you want new pointers yeah yeah we're never too old to learn something yeah
0: knock knock who's there it's the hormone monster (laughs) no no you got to be kidding me, Nick is right there sir, and And I'm a good person, I wouldn't do that laying next to a friend. Then why am I here? Oh my god, you're always right, what the hell is wrong with me? Nothing, you're a perfectly normal gross little dirtbag, now stare at that cat clock and massage your dinger. What was
1: your experience like in high school Rebecca about masturbating?
2: You know what's funny is I don't actually remember. Mm But in college, my sister-in-law bought me a vibrator. And so I had this vibrator with like this little silver guy. It looked kind of like a bullet. I liked it. Yeah. And then, and I, and I think I went, I did use it. Oh, okay, good. And then I think I went abroad and I had it in my bedside table at my house. And I went abroad. I didn't bring it with me because like I was going to be getting on all kinds of planes and all that kind of (laughs) shit. I didn't want to be messing with that. But I came back and it was gone. and that's... it was never spoken of
1: <laughs> oh my god that's so funny i like can feel that that feeling you get when you're in high school or high school when you're younger yeah and you just like the heat starts at your nose and just like goes across your face and you're like fuck it was never talked about if i
2: opened a drawer and saw somebody's something that looked like it was probably a sex toy i don't think i'd touch it
1: yeah just leave it there yeah i've definitely been in friends beds and like laid down and vibrator rolled off onto my head one time because it was (laughs) on top of a pillow and i was like come on right that's so funny (laughs) yeah i I remember being super ashamed i hate now the idea that like i remember having the urge and really wanting to like touch myself and every time i went to do it i was like no this is wrong really no this is wrong absolutely i totally remember that because i was very like i think i'm very sexual yeah i thought that that was wrong so like all these urges I had, I was like, Nope, can't do it. Nope, can't right. do it. Yeah, like I remember I I don't know why we were watching Eyes Wide Shut, but I don't think my mom knew what it was because her and my stepdad fell asleep on the couch and oh. that like giant sex scene came on mm-hmm. and fourteen year old Jesse's hormones went <laughs> <laughs> and I like How was like, long? I'm going to the bathroom and I started, it was like the first, I still remember the first time I put my finger in my vagina yeah. and I was like, I did it and it felt really good and I felt bad immediately and stopped. Right. Oh no. I know. I know. That's so terrible. And I, I hope that we can change that in our society because yeah, that it shouldn't have been shameful. It should no. have been to- totally normal for me to do that. But I, yeah, I still remember that as a bad first kind of sexual thing. Cause I was like, I really want to do this. Why do I want to do this? I must be bad for some yeah. reason.
2: Yeah. I mean, you see parents all the time telling their little kids not to touch themselves. Yeah. It so it's really young. And of course, like, as you get older and you learn about, like, social cues and stuff, you learn not to touch yourself in public because it makes other people uncomfortable. Right. But when you're four or whatever, like, it's not embarrassing. It shouldn't be embarrassing for a parent if their little kid wants to, like, <laughs> right. diddle himself.
1: Right. You know? Oh, my God. I worked at a child care place, and the room downstairs was all toddlers. It was nap time, and I remember looking over and one of the kids was standing up pants all the way down to his feet just like playing with his penis and looking at me and i was like oh my god and i just started kind of laughing and i was like we're gonna put your pants up right now. right like i didn't shame him but yeah. i was just kind of like we're gonna put your pants up and go back
2: to sleep okay yeah oh my god that's so funny he was probably like whoop yeah thanks for listening to welcome to my vagina
1: <laughs> i didn't want to be. Do- it's time for us to slide on out of here Follow us on Instagram at welcome to my vagina. Do Don't it. Don't
2: forget to send us an email at welcometomyvagina at gmail.com.
1: We'll answer all of your questions and we might give you a shout out. Also, follow us on Twitter at welcome to my Vag. Make sure you leave us a review anywhere you listen to your podcast. Please review us. <laughs> Christ. Also, sign up for our newsletter, which you can find on our website at welcometomyvagina.com. It's on the first page right after the headline.
2: Yeah, you can also read all of the awesome blog posts that we've been posting there. And if you want to be a writer for us, send us an email at welcometomyvagina at gmail.com with, this, with the heading podcast writer.
1: <laughs> she <laughs> just Fuck. came up with that. I did.
2: I did. I come up with a new heading every single time.
1: Uh, also, Fine. please check out all of Rebecca's musings on franklyrebecca.com. And check out Jesse's videos
2: at YouTube. Just search for Welcome to My Vagina.
1: And also check them up on Instagram because YouTube's been cutting me off like it's big an jerks.
2: Asshole. YouTube's a big old asshole.
1: Big jerks.
2: And <laughs> check out all of the awesome stuff coming from the More Banana Network. We've got I'm Listening with Anita Flores. There
1: Will Be Porn. Frau Pow. Mm-hmm. Awkward Sex in the City.
2: There we go. Scam Wow.
1: And other ones.
2: <laughs> etc. cetera, et Also, cetera.
1: huge thanks to our producer, Caitlin Moldenhauer of More Banana Productions. Go follow all of their things. Okay, bye. Bye. See you next Tuesday. Oh, yeah. <laughs>